Okay, let's get started with this year's Parshas Devarim, Tavshin Ein Gimel, as we start a new Sefer of the Torah, the last Sefer, Shabbos Chazon, Tavshin Ein Gimel. Beth Hashem, this should be the last time that Shabbos Chazon is a time that we remember tragedy, that we remember just Chazon Yeshayahu. We should have a new Chazon. We should have a Chazon of David HaMelech. We should have a Chazon, a chazon of Mashiach Ben David and a Chazon of other lofty, Events that we dream of and not the ones that we just think about over and over again. Okay, but let's get into the parsha. We'll have at the end, Bez Hashem, one or two thoughts related to uh, this Shabbos. But first, as we always do, let's focus on the parsha. So the Torah starts, Eilah Hadvarim. And let's start off with uh, just a one small drush before we get back to the beginning of the parsha. There's a pasuk later on, as we know, the beginning of Dvarim, the beginning of Sefer Dvarim, the first couple of Prakim, is a review of Jewish history. Afterwards, the entire Sefer Kimat is a monologue of Moshe Rabbeinu in the last six weeks of his life. As we know, the uh, dates that are given here is the beginning of Shvat, but towards the beginning of the Parsha, when Moshe Rabbeinu is reviewing the history that has taken place from the time that he entered the picture. So in the 17th Pasuk in the Parsha, Pasuk Yudzayin, the Pasuk tells us, Lo sakir panim ba mishpat, he, he is reviewing the instructions that he gave the Shoftim after he had appointed them, which Hashem will get back to later. Lo sakir panim ba mishpat, kakadon kakadot tishba'un, don't show favoritism, lo sagrum don't be scared of anyone, v'chulu, v'hadavarash ha'yiksha mikem, takrivun elai ushmativ. So on the surface, what does that mean? Anything difficult, bring close to me, let me hear about it, and ushmativ, and I will let it know. Rashi quotes that Moshe Rabbeinu was punished for this, which we read about last week and a couple of weeks ago. When somebody claims to know, that's when he does not know. And the same thing Rashi quotes by Shmuel, when Shmuel says, Anochi haro'eh. You won't be the Roeh. When he went to be Mosheach, anoint David, he looks at all of the brothers and the sons of Yishai and he does not see the one that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has chosen. Either way, that's the Pashup shot of the Pasuk. Anything that's difficult, says the Chsam Sofer, another level of interpretation on Derek Drush is based on a concept that we know from the Gemara in Meseches Tainus. The Gemara says in Tainus, it appears as well in, in Meseches Makos, that the greatest learning that someone does is not from his teachers, but from his students. And the Rambam quotes this. That's what it is. Look at the Yagel Torah. He quotes this Chassam Sofer. It says the Rambam, HaTalmidim Mosifin Chachmas HaRav Umarchivim Libo. Talmidim add to the Chachma of the Rav and widen his heart. Amru Chachamim. Harbe Lamati Me Rabosai. Beyoser Mechaveirai. Umi Talmida Yoser Mikulam. I learned a lot from my Rebbeim, even more so from my Chaveirim, as I discussed what my Rebbe said, and from my students more than anyone. Why is that? Why do we learn more from our students? Because whenever we have to teach something, we have to prepare it better, we have to know it better, we have to know it clearly in order to be able to give it over. That's also part of it. Besides the questions that they ask, which make us sharpen what we're saying. Just like a small, a match, lights the larger piece of wood. Just 
arav right until the rav has to answer properly and that's the that's the secret of learning when we learn with somebody and we have to prepare and be able to answer and explain at the beginning a rav might not know properly or teacher Sometimes the Talmud will say, but what about this and what about that? And the Rebbe will have to formulate it better and explain it better. The more that a Rav has to deepen his understanding and formulate it better, he'll get closer to the MS. He'll get closer to the hidden points that he didn't realize beforehand. And he'll bring the MS and the truth and the uh, thought to its clarity. Yotzei. So what it comes out? The student himself, through his questions, brings the rav closer. Says the Chasam Sofer. Al derech drush. That's alluded to in this pasuk. The thing that you, on the surface again, it means that's difficult to you, but it also can mean that is asked by you. <laughs> that which is asked from you, takrivun elai, will draw me close. Takrivun, it's the hifil. Takrivun elai will draw me close. Ushimativ, and then I will be able to hear it and see it and realize the truth. So that's an illusion. This passing into the Rebbe Talmud relationship, as we have in many areas of of um, our social interaction. Sometimes it's just the opposite of what appears on the surface. Like Chazal tell us that Yosemi Mashe Ashir no Senel Haani Haani no Senel Haashir. More than what the Ashir gives to the Ani. Stock of money, the Ani gives to the Ashir. What is that? Rabbeinu Bachai explains this in Karakemach, in the Erech of Stokka, that the Ashir gives the Ani something in Olam Hazeh, period. He gives him money right now. But the Ani is giving the Ashir something deeper. He's giving him something for Olam Abba. And on a deeper level, he's making him into a giver. He's not just giving him the opportunity to give. So, so too here. It looks like the Rebbe's teaching the Talmud. But on a deeper sense, the Rebbe is learning. The Rebbe is gaining. The Rebbe is acquiring. So, Mahadavar Sheikh Shemikem. Okay, that gets us started, and now we get back to the first passing. As we know, Moshe Rabbeinu is giving Musr, giving Tochacha as a great teacher, not just screaming at the, at the students, but in a hidden way, not embarrassing them. This is where what Moshe told them in Eber Yardain, and now it says, Bamidbar Ba'arava, Moshe couldn't have said all these in all these different places. He was only in one place. All of these words are alluding to events that had occurred earlier in Jewish history. Every one of these alluding to another spot where an event took place. So we spoke a couple of weeks ago about Chatseros and Parshas Korach. Why is Chatseros alluded to in Korach? That was the first thought we said in the Parshas Korach Shir. But now we'll focus on that and another word. If you look at the last two words in the Pasuk, Chatseros and Dizahav. So what's being referred to here? So if you start from the beginning, it's kind of in order. It is in order, exactly. Right? We have Ba'arava. We have, well, first we have Bamidbar, right? The first time, Mi Temu Seinu, Shmos Perak Tezayin, and then we have Ba'arava, we have Ba'apa'or, and then we have 
Mol Suf, and then we have Bein Paranu, Bein Tofel, Vachatzeros, Vedizahav. So let's focus on the last two for now, because that is what some of the Mepharshim focus on. Chatzeros is the Machlokas of Korach. Dizahav is alluding to the Egel. Ask the Mepharshim. Ask Rav Sternbuch. Ask others. Why is it that these two are out of order? If Moshe, again, not all of them are in order, if asked us about many of them, but at least the last two we'll focus on. Why is the rebellion of Korach mentioned before the Egel? The Egel happened first. That is the question that a number of the Acharonim ask. So we will have three answers tonight relating to this question. Look at, let's look first in Rav Sternbach and Tam Vadas in source number two. Rashi, Machlokuso, Shal Korach, Di Zahav. Yes, source number two. Hainu Cheto Egel, Shalasumi Zahavam, Vitamua Seder Tochacha. Why is it that Korach was uh, the, rebu- the rebuke for it, the tochacha for it, was before the Maiso Egel? Says Rif Sternbach, Anam Kiyadua, Shacheto Egel Nigram, Bitausam Shal Yisrael, Shedimusha Moshe Meis. As we know, the root of the Chet, all the Pshatim, whether it was a real Avodah Zara, was it not Avodah Zara, was it the Erev Rav, was it not, all the Mepharshim that we've spoken about in past years in Parshish Kisisa, it all started with a mistake about Moshe Rabbeinu. Shemoshe Meis, Shekein Heraheim HaSatan, Debusbitasa Parachas Bavir, and the Satan showed them Moshe Rabbeinu. Bahayu Yisrael Meshivim L'Tochachas B'Nyam Aiso HaEgel, Ki Merov Dvekusa, Moshe Rabbam, Hutzrechol Asos HaEgel, because they missed Moshe so, so much. It was that, oh, it was, that's why they did it. When's Moshe coming back? Where's Moshe Rabbeinu? The tremendous Kedusha that he did for, that, that, all the events that he did for us. And Bishuto, we have the Mon. Moshe's everything. We love him. We love him. It wasn't really our fault. We, we just didn't know where Moshe was. So there was a little bit of a, an excuse when the Ego happened. That, you know what? It was, they didn't know where Moshe was. And, no, they were worried, they were nervous, they were in the midbar, two million people, no food, and Moshe's not here, who knows if the man is going to continue. They were very nervous. So it's, they were punished for it, but it was a little bit understandable. But, but once the rebellion happened with Korach, and B'nai Yisrael, even after the rebellion of Korach, were upset about what happened, but let this excuse no longer was in effect. Oh, we love Moshe Rabbeinu. I can't believe it. It's, that's, why, that's why it happened. You love Moshe Rabbeinu. What was the rebellion of Korach? Ki ochichu b'ma'aseihem she'ein Moshe Rabbam chashuv be'einehem kolkach. It can't be that it was because he missed Moshe. Because, look at this, you were ready to, to fight against Moshe. Ki kal ha'eta kubam kedoshim. Ki b'nakel nispatu achari Korach. If you were so strongly supportive of Moshe, you wouldn't have been seduced. You wouldn't have been convinced by Korach and his Moshe. You wouldn't have been convinced. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu does. Before he rebukes about the Egel, he rebukes about Korach. Because once you had the rebellion of Korach, now I could rebuke about the Egel. Because otherwise there might have been an excuse. Moshe, but we loved you. It wasn't our fault. It was just, we didn't know you were coming back. You were late. Moshe says, it can't be. And that's why Moshe rebukes first on Korach, and then on the Egel. And he says at the end, and maybe that's why, another reason, besides what we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, <coughs> why Korach is alluded to in Chatzeros. To teach us that Chatzeros, they were ready, there could be many Chatzeros here. That's to be one Ohel Moed. One focus? No! Kikole, the Kulam Kedoshim, everyone in their own place, to each their own. 
and that was the tremendous uh, retroactive inconsistency that Klai Yisrael had in the Averos, and that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was, was giving them Tokacha on, number one. Number two, two other ideas both mentioned by the Minchas Michal, contemporary Sefer, contemporary Rav from Eretz Yisrael. Says the Minchas Michal, same question, quotes the Chatiros Vidizahav, the Mepharshim ask, why does Korach come before the Egel? A little rubbed down on the side, I wrote it in, but um, I'll read it if you can't uh, make it out. Vitirtsu, Diadua, similar idea. Shemosh Rabbeinu li meitzchus al Am Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu at the Egel, how was he able to save and stand up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's threat? He said that, you know, Anochi Hashem alokecha, asher otzisicha meres Mitzrayim. Meaning, what does that mean? It's in singular. Lashon yachid. Anochi asher otzisicha meres Mitzrayim. Anochi Hashem alokecha, not alokechem. Right, so alokecha. So Moshe Rabbeinu picked up on that afterwards and says, Hashem, maybe, maybe they thought that you were only commanding me. The Debros, lo tirtzach, not lo tirtzachu, lo tinaf, it's singular. Maybe it was all to me. After all, I'm your special Talmud, and there's an animamin about me that is nobody like. Maybe you were talking to me. Litzi visa v'lolahim. That's how Moshe Rabbeinu uh, turns away Hashem's anger. Haron afeis Hashem to save them. Vihine, again, that worked up till a point. But once Korach came along, and he came and said, "All the Edes Kadosh." And what does Rashi say on that Kulam Kadoshim? We all heard the Aseris Adibros. So what do you mean? Why are you Kadosh? We're all Kadosh. they Moshe says, "You're rebelling against me with that phrase of we all heard the Dibros." That's how I saved you earlier. How could you say that? Parach bazeh korach es ali mitzchus shal Moshe Rabbeinu. Unbelievable. They they just undermined the whole schus. V'shuv nisora avon ha'egel am Yisrael. And once they did that, then the avon of the egel piped up again. V'lachei Moshe Rabbeinu yav yochu b'tchila lochicha l'mais egel. He couldn't start with the egel. Ki yashivalo. They would have said, Moshe, you yourself tainted for us. You yourself stood up for us. Ata ba'atzmecha him latzto schus aleinu litzivisa v'lo lahem. And that's why he starts with Korach. And after Korach, he could rebuke them for the Maisoha Egel. Because after that, obviously, there is no excuse left. Both of these first answers, the common denominator between them is a lack of consistency. And what HaKadosh Baruch looks for in our actions is consistency. As the Beis HaLevi writes in Parshas Vayigash, we have to be consistent because HaKadosh Baruch is going to prove you know, whether we, we succeeded from our own life. We were tired and we didn't do this, but we had enough strength to do this. And we could do, we got, gave to this cause, but not to, we had enough money for this cause and not to that cause. Kodesh Baruch Hu needs us to be consistent in our lives and to push ourselves in, in all areas. That's the, the, there was the problem with both of the first, both of the first approaches. Third idea though, also here in the Minchas Michael, says on line 10, V'yesha Tirtsu, another idea, the Medrash says, he quotes this from the Tanchum in Shoftim, it's other Medrashim as well. There's a long discussion of this in the Meshachachma in Parshas B'Shalach. Sheka'asher Yisrael nimsa'im b'matzav shel achdus. When B'nai Yisrael are in a state of unity. Harei HaKadosh Baruch Hu mochelahem afilu alavon avodizara. HaKadosh Baruch will be mochel even on his own covid. If he sees his children getting along. If he sees achdus. He will let things slide. 
Right? When he's Lafiza, Efshalomar, Shilafnaisha, Partsam Achlokas Korach Vadaso. Before Korah came along on his brach, he said, Okay, I'll be Mochel on the Chet Egel, it's my covet. But Vilo or first finishing, Vilo Lohaisa Pretz Machlokas, Boyamakal Mochiko Maisa Egel. Shekfar Nimchalohem, Hashem forgave them. The problem is once Korah came along and created Machlokas and created divisions amongst Kla Yisrael against Moshe and Aaron, the loss of Akhtos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, okay, I'm not Mochel anymore. When a parent sees the children fighting amongst themselves, that's the, that's the deepest pain. When siblings are fighting and parents don't know what to do, that gives the, gives the parents the most pain. If the children are getting along, even if they're not perfect, they're getting along, that's already a Nachas. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu feels about us. If we're getting along, and we have Achtos amongst each other. Even on major, major faults of ours and major sins. And that's what we have to remember. And that's what, <coughs> suggests the Minchas Michal, is the third idea. First, he couldn't do the Egel, because we at least were Ba'achtos at the Egel. We were all dancing around the Egel. Masha'en when it came to Korach, you know, then, then there was Machlokas, and that's Megala, that... We're not Megalad. At that point, Akash Baruch says, okay, you don't have the shield of Achdus anymore. And therefore, I must rebuke you and pain you even on the Chetaik. Okay. Moving right along. We have now, as we know, we had that rebuke in Pasuk Aleph. And now we continue Moshe Rabbeinu with his history. What happened? Purus Ulachem, I told you to, to go out of Mitzrayim. And I said, Pasuk Tess, Moshe says, I can't, I can't do it alone. It's too hard. So what was done? We appointed judges. Appointed judges after Shani. And I'll put it, put them in front of you. Fine. I said, you know what? Let's appoint judges. And what does B'nai Yisrael say? Great idea. Let's do it. And I took the Shvat, the heads of the Shvatim, Sari Alafim, Sari Meos, and Moshe Rabbeinu goes through all of the dinim of a judge. Some Mitzvah Saseh and Lo Saseh are mentioned here. And then right after that, it flows right into the Meraglim. The question that the Shem Tov asks here in source number five, Pirish Rashi, Rashi quotes on the Pasuk of appoint judges, I said appoint judges and you said great idea. You decided the idea for your Hana'a. You should have answered, Rashi says, when Moshe said, Moshe says, when I suggested that you should, we should appoint judges, what should you have answered? No, Moshe, we want it from you. We don't want it from the assistant. We don't want it from a from somebody who is tough El. No, we want it from the source. Says Moshe, I know your thoughts. But I know you want a lot of judges. Why do you want a lot of judges? Because I'll know one judge. There'll be connections. I'll know my family. Rashi says that this Pasuk also is giving Musr to Klal Yisrael. That is, I said to appoint judges, and you said, great. You shouldn't have said great. You should have said, no, Moshe, I want to learn from you. You said great because you want to be able to appoint your own judges or go to judges that know you. That's Rashi. Ask the Shem and Atof. 
I don't understand. If you look in the first section of Sefer Dvarim, after the first Pasuk, which has all the allusions, the first Musr that Moshe Rabbeinu was giving them explicitly at length is about the Chet HaMaraglin. That's what we're about to get into. We discussed some of these Pesukim back in Parsha Shlach, comparing the Pesukim in Shlach and, and uh, here in Dvarim. What exactly are all of these psukim about? Rashi alludes to it, but we have to go a little deeper as to Shem What is the connection between the appointing of judges, which is a lead-in and a segue to the Chet Egel? Let's see. Im Kain, line six. Lama Hichnis. I'm sorry, go back two lines. Line four. The Kalaf Rasha Kulo Tzarech Biur. Tahalo Iker Tochachas Moshe Rabbeinu. Lo Hischel Ela Mivi Tikrov Enelai Kochem. The real Tochacha starts later on with Vatikrov Enelai Kochem. Pasach of Beis. That's exactly what the focus of this conversation is. So what are the judges? We go through a detail of the judges. Who cares? Does that really have to do with us? Does this element, and Rashi's alluding to it. Maybe Rashi's trying to explain what's so bad about the judges. But it's got to be something deeper, says the Shem what exactly is the connection between the appointment of judges and the Chet Hamaragla? Number one. Number two, there's also a major personality not mentioned here. Right? The one who had this great idea, and that was Yisrael. Yisrael's not mentioned here. You would think. The whole Parsha named after him. We said it was a great idea. Nabal Tibal. The old Dehishmet Khan, the Kolinian Minu, Yasari, Lavayabatsas Yisro. Follow his girl, so Klaal, and the Rabban already mentions that question. So what exactly is the message for us? Says the Shemana Tov now on line 15. Vasher Nira Levair. De Iker Ratza Moshe Levair Lahem. Echigiu Lechenore Kazesh Ocheta Maraglim. What Moshe was doing was showing them where the root of the Chet was. The greatest leader and the greatest of our teachers help us. Figure out where it started, where it snowballed from. I'm having difficulty. Sometimes we go to a, a, a Rav, we go to a Rebbe, we go, we talk to them, and they're able to think clearer than we can to come up, what's the root problem here? Where did it start? That's what Moshe Rabbeinu was doing here. You want to know where the Baraglam started? It started earlier by the Minu Hadayanim. What does that mean? What's the Minu Hadayanim? Let's see. They started because when Moshe Rabbeinu suggested judges, at that moment, what were they going to respond? What were they going to answer? Did they have total fealty to Moshe Rabbeinu? Total, they were, they were Meshubid, and they were servants, and Moshe Rabbeinu was the Melech. Or... Was there going to be a kara? Was there going to be a little doubt? A little bit of independence from Moshe Rabbeinu? And maybe somebody else also could have a, a position. Moshe says that's what happened by the judges. That's the depths of Rashi. Rashi says, you should have said you want me. You should have said one leader, the one. Moshe's not saying it else, Gaiva. But it's Moshe on He's saying it out of that I'm the closest source you have to God. That's what you should have said, we want to be next to the source. The Zeusha Omar Lohem, and this is what Rashi means. Yoser. 
the fact that you wanted to learn, you were satisfied with learning from the substitutes. You were satisfied in learning with the people who were under me. That itself reflected and caused a mute in the Samchu social Moshe Rabbeinu. There are other people that could be in charge, that could be involved. That was step one. That was the root. Moshe, we could do it without you. Moshe, okay, you could be on top, but these people could be involved in us. The second that there was a slight kara, a crack, a little sedek in the feeling, in the attitude of the Hamon Am, then already if Moshe Rabbeinu says it's an Eretz Tova Urechava, it's a wonderful land, an amazing land, they could also have doubts about that. And they could decide on themselves we need to send spies. We need to send the Meraglim. Umizeh, third to last line. The Kipchu Asamchuso Shal Moshe Rabbeinu Bali Dekach the Nishlecha Nashim the Asuru Es Haaretz the Einlon Elis Tavi After Chazal Shal Moshe. If they wouldn't have had step one, they wouldn't have been. Moshe says it's good. It's good. There's nothing to talk about. Ki Eretz Avas Chalavudvash. But that's why Moshe Rabbeinu talks about the judges first, because that was the first step. The first step of it all was a lack of recognition of Moshe Rabbeinu being the leader. And if you take this approach, says the Shem then we could really put both major chatayim, there were many, but the two major chatayim of the Dor Hamidbar, it's really the same root. The Chet Egel and the Chet of the Meraglim is all about doubting the Samchus of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu said he's coming back. If he's coming back, I'll trust him. And if I it didn't come back when I think it's time for him to come back, I should put the chisarin in me and not in him. And I should say, maybe I miscalculated. Instead of saying, I know exactly what time it is and I know what Moshe Rabbeinu meant. No, it's my chisarin. So the Egel and the Meraglim. Nimsa, let's go down to line 11. Tishnei chatoi klal Yisrael. Sha'alehem adai nishal adoras apagam. That is all at root. Cheto egel v'cheta meraglim. Yon kimi makar echad. They come from one makar. Da'aynu rifyon ban hagas Moshe Rabbeinu. A lack of appreciation. Ubishashem Moshe Rabbeinu palks aspam. Tokas acheto egel. Aydem Hashem Rabbi Yamakipurim. Moshe Rabbeinu started, but then they fell faulted again. That was the egel, that was the meraglim. And by the way, as we know, the meraglim came back on Tishabav. Right, This is part of what we have to do tshuvan. A recognition and the samchus of our rabbeim and not doubting them and trusting what they say. That's the, the, the connection. But again, the point that Moshe Rabbeinu is giving, says the Shem that he's finding the root of the, of the problem. It was the maraglim, but the, the origins of that was the Accepting judges other than Moshe Rabbeinu. Along these same lines, Rav Kook writes in uh, Rav Neria Svarim about Rav Kook. He quotes this from in Moadei Haraya. He quotes this on the pasuk on the on the Avinu Malkenu that we say Avinu Malkenu Hachzirenu B'Tshuva Shleim Alafanecha. Please return us in complete Tshuva. I think I might have mentioned this in the past. And ask Rav Kook, what does it mean Tshuva Shleima Hachzirenu B'Tshuva Alafanecha? What do you mean Hachzirenu B'Tshuva Shleima? What's incomplete Tshuva? Right, we know the Rambam describes what is uh, the ultimate level of tshuva, the same place, the same situation. But what do we mean here? Says Rav Kook, we have to look at the next one to understand this one. Send a refuah shalema. What is refuah shalema? 
Complete healing. What does that mean? Explains Rav Kook. Barov ha-mikrim. Ha-machlahi symptom. Shel matzav lo takin shel aguf kulo. Many times. If something hurts on the surface, that's not where the problem is. It's a reflection of an illness. You just see a symptom. But the root illness, the root infection is somewhere else. And the great diagnostician and the, and the effective doctor is the one that treats the illness and the disease and not the symptom. If the focus of the cure is only on the external place where the machlo comes out, it's going to come back. If I just treat what, where the infection pops up on the outside, only if I, if I dig under and I go to the root of the problem, the yagish l'cholem soy ripui makifim, and I give the patient an all-encompassing, all-encompassing cure, that's a refuah shalema. Refuah shalema is treating the disease and not treating the symptom. Says Rav Kook, that's tshuva shalema as well. Exactly what the Shem was just saying here. Tshuva shalema means you have to go, go to the root of the Avera. Not treating. If somebody is having a problem with, with, uh, anything in life, Anything in life, somebody's having a problem with their Shemira Shabbos, is anything a problem with their, their Shemira Seinayim, Shemira Limanat uh, Torah, whatever it is. The root of the problem is not the act. The root of the problem is going back. The lack of appreciation of that area of halacha, of that mitzvah. That's the root. And we have to go back and study and learn and appreciate the area of halacha. And in that way, Mamewa, we will be able to do the tshuva. But that's why Moshe Rabbeinu focused on the judges and not just on the Maraglam Street. Okay. Moving right along. So once we're talking about judges, let's focus on one of the Psukim. Again, Pasuk Yudzayim, the same Pasuk that we mentioned before. The Pasuk says, Lo sakiru panim ba mishpat. Don't show favoritism in judgment. Don't fear anybody. So let's have on this, this halachic Pasuk, let's have a story and a halachic question. We'll start off with the story. It's also about a halacha, but it's a story. The uh, Pinia Torah quotes this in source number eight. Right here, we can from our pasuk is Masira Torah Tayani Yisrael Yifchadu. Don't fear anybody. I've heard the story about a number of rabbanim. So here, the story is told about Rabbi Rafal, the Rav of Hamburg, when he first became the Rav of Hamburg. There was a, a town of uh, many malumadim. So they knew how to give covet to the to the Rav. Those, though he was a young Rav, they realized that this is this is uh, this is the Rav, and they have to give him covet. A couple of days after he became the Rav, there was a poor man that came to him. He came that, you know, I have a Din Torah against one of the, one of the presidents of the shul. You know, I have a Din Torah. I need, I need you to be Mazman him. The new young whippersnapper rabbi all of a sudden says a message to the Rosh Kahal, to the president that says, you know, Hazmana, you need to come to the Bezdin. And all of a sudden, to his great surprise, the president refuses to come to the Din Torah. He says him a second warning, you have to come. And again, refused. Finally, the third warning, he says, if you don't come, you will be put into Cherem with all the laws of Haramim. And after the third time, the Shamish goes and brings it, 
And he brings back the message, he's on his way. When the Rosh HaKahal comes in, he walks in not only himself, but he walks in with the others, Zakanim and Nechbadim, with the whole board, not just the president. The whole board walks in, and the rabbi says, what are you all doing here? I only called one of you. When he was about to say something, the Rosh HaKal says, wait a minute. He gives the Rav a handshake and says, Mazel Tov. Now I know that you're the Rav of Hamburg. It was all a setup. It was all a fake. Why? We were. You were young. We weren't sure if you would be able to stand up to us. And we need somebody to stand up to us. We need somebody who will say, this is the halacha on principle. It doesn't matter who it is. And we set up the ani for you to warn us. And you didn't back down. And that's why you're our rav. Now we know. I'm not saying, and he's not saying that this should be the test case for any new shul rabbis out there. I don't. I think they should uh, trust and do their research beforehand. That once the rav comes in, you know, deal with him properly and uh, respectfully. But anyway, it's a great story. In any case, regarding this uh, new rav about losagru Okay, one. The halacha question here that is dealt with is in Varevna, the beautiful sefer of Rav Zoberstein, where he has various halachic questions on the parsha. So, following Shiloh. It was a true story that happened, he says, in Brazil, that they sent him the following question. What happened? There was a boy, there was a school, doesn't say what age, let's say ninth grade. And there was a boy that came into class, let's call him Ruvain, he was a big guy. He gets to class and he sees on his desk was somebody else's knapsack. What is somebody else's knapsack doing on my desk? Who put this on my desk? And without thinking and without asking, he takes the knapsack and he throws it across the room. A couple of seconds later, Nicholas Shimon Chavero, Shimon, the friend of Macho Man Number One, walks into the room. Shavu Megusham, he's also a Megusham. That's such a great word. Veram Ma'alalim, he's also full of Gashmius. Right? And he comes in. He says, Ukushemat says, Oso Yalkana Kisso, and who put this next to my desk? Picks up the same knapsack and again throws it and makes it fly. A little bit later, he Lachemikan Higia Nachmin. The boy whose knapsack it was comes in, and when he opens up the knapsack, all of a sudden his face turns white, and he sees that his new laptop computer is broken to pieces. That's the case. Comes along the Baal HaMachshev, the Baal of the knapsack, comes to his two friends and says, I need money. I need to buy a new laptop. What's the din? And who's Chayef? That's the Shiloh. Right? To pay for the Nezek. They say, it wasn't me, so and so threw it too. It didn't break with mine. Or, oh, it was already broken by the time I got here. Right? What do you say? They each say, okay, it's not mine. Tshuva. What did Rav Zoberstein say? Pashas, there's no proof. There's no proof who did it. One of them broke it, but we don't know who. And the klal is, that's what you would say, Pashas. Because there is no proof. There is no proof. But continuing the host of next page, Ulam Nireh. 
But wait a minute. Maybe there is proof. If we know exactly which desk the knapsack was on and where it was thrown, is that a throw? Is that a distance that should normally break the knapsack? If the average laptop would break from the place where it was to where Ruben threw it, that's enough proof. And even though Shimon threw it, why? Because as the Gemara says in Baba Kama, he must have broken a broken cleat. He says, I think if you see that it would have broken, with such a distance, then Ruvain's Chayev. If it wouldn't have, then you still don't know. You still don't know. But at least if that's the case, then Ruvain's Chayev. What's my Raya? This is, this, why are we making it pay? It's a Raya based on Umdana. Based on estimation. Could you ever be Mechayev? You can't kill based on estimation. But you could be Mechayev based on estimation. I mean, you could be Omid certain things. I should take that back. You are Omid Lamisa for certain, uh, in certain situations. For example, he quotes the Rambam. If somebody hits their friend with a pebble that normally should not be, should not be mazik. Right? If normally the hezek should not occur based on the item that was used, so you should be putter in that case. Therefore, we have to estimate what was used, how it was used, the chulu, and you figure it out. So says Rav Zilberstein that in this case too, Lachari, you measure the distance from the desk to the place where it was, and you figure out whether the computer, whether the laptop should have broken in this case. So at least if that is true, he would be ready to be Mechayev, the first thrower, Ruvain in our case. Interesting. Shiloh, again, a job of a postic to figure out how to apply the rules of the Torah to the Lamaisa cases. Let's move on. If you look back now to Parachav base, back to the Miraglim, as we have been speaking about. Says the Torah, by Shlishi, Moshe Rabbeinu was continuing his Musr, or the beginning of the story. You all came to me. You said, send us Send men, and we will be chofer. We spoke about it already in Parsha Shlach a couple of weeks ago. What is the lift difference between lachpor and latur? The yeshiva asano davar is actually We'll figure out exactly how to go. The esharim and the arim. So Rashi quotes on this pasuk beir buvya and vatikravunalai kolchem. What does it mean? You all came beir buvya. You all came in a in a mix, right? You all came all together, non on not mesudar. And later on it says, all the Rashim came, says Rashi here. The elder people got stepped on and trampled. There was no covet for anybody here. They all came. They all came in a, uh, in a very non-Masudar way. There's so much to give Musar on in the story of the Miraglim. The Lashon Hara, the Sheker, there's so much. What? Why does Moshe focus on this tiny little detail? You all came and you weren't in straight lines. You weren't in straight lines, you were pushing each other. What was the difference? That's a tiny little detail in the whole story. So why exactly does Rashi focus on that? That's the question of the Nitziv of the Hamik Dover. Says the Nitziv, quotes Rashi. 
ulachora eno inyan zeh hamoser al davar hamoser al davar kal shrechisar and derech eretz. Okay, they didn't have derech eretz. They didn't have derech eretz. They didn't fulfill mebnei seva takum. They didn't have kibud avaim. What does that have to do with the toda, the miraglim that we that we're suffering for? Right, this this week the miraglim came, came back on Monday night on Tisha B'av. So what exactly are we focusing on that? The Omer, he quotes his father-in-law, Chatni Agon, Similar to what we just said two, two, two thoughts ago from the Shemana Tov about the root of the Chet, says the Nitziv, here too, Moshe Rabbeinu is cutting off an excuse they might have in terms of why they sent the Miraglim. Because as we know, and as is discussed, According to the Ramban and others, the idea was a good idea. To send Maraglim before you attack somewhere, you have to look for strategies, you have to see where to attack from, you have to, you have to, uh, check out the terrain, you have to see where best to go to, not rely on miracles, to do the Hishtablus. So it's fine. There was nothing wrong, as the Ramban says. And it only turns bad. So what are you blaming us for, Moshe? We sent 12 people. Ten of them turned sour there. It wasn't our fault. It was a great idea. And we all have world of shame shamayim. That's what they might have said. Moshe Rabbeinu here is cutting off that taina and preventing that excuse because Moshe is showing them that it wasn't l'shem shamayim because, how do you know? Because the beginnings weren't pure. And the beginnings were also faulty. And beginnings decide everything when it comes to a project. If you want a project to succeed, it's got to be pure. Right, they say Rav Chaim when he opened up the Levaji Yeshiva from the first moment, the first moment, from the second they, the second the Yeshiva started, the first day, the first week, he said, only learning, make sure not to, not to have a Sicha Batela at all. So purity at the beginning. Because it's Moshe, because he knew, and the Nesiv says, Moshe knows, if something starts off faulty, that affects everything. If something is, is faulty to begin with, and therefore, saying, "Look how you came to me, Birabuvia. If it was a great idea, if it was l'shem shemaim, if it was a perfect plan, then you would have come differently. The beginning defined and decided what was going to be. Don't blame the Nesiyim. You have to blame yourself too." That's why Moshe focuses on this detail. Again, related to this is a thought that we mentioned in various other contexts, but I gave it to you again in Source 13 from Rabbi Yosef Engel. In the Gilyoni Ashas in Shabbos, Tafchav Gimel, right in the Chanukah Sugis, the famous question that's dealt with why we even needed the Nase of Chanukah, what did we need HaKadosh Baruch Hu to uh, perform a nace for us. So the Pnei Yeshua gives an answer. You're right, we didn't need it, but it shows the Ava that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for us. But Rabbi Yosef Engel has a different answer. And that is as follows. Nira, he says. Says of Yosef Engel, in the day-to-day activities of the Beis HaMikdash, if there would have been a psul, there would have been a problem of Tumah in the middle, then so we could have said, okay, continue going Tumah Duchuya B'Tzibur. But that's not what's ha- what was happening here. Here, it was being mechanech, the Beis HaMikdash again. It was starting over. 
When you start over, you can't rely on Bidiyevitz. At beginnings, it has to be pure. Kivan de Chanukah, who davar hat chali verashi lechol haboacharov. For the next 200 years, this was starting again. Lochein hutzrach sheyia batara gemura lo betchias atoma. It's not what you could get away with. It's got to be pure from the beginning, and that's why we needed the nais, and Akadosh Baruch Hu performed the nais uh, himself as well. And he quotes other examples of this. He quotes from the Baali Atosvos and Parsha Shmini to Kohen Hedio Biyom Shenimshach Lavoda Aser Betumas Krovim Kohen Gadol. Fascinating halacha from the Baali Atosvos. A Kohen Hediot on the first day that he starts. Working in the base of Migdash, the Meshicha, if his father dies on that day, he cannot be Matami for him. Because you're like a Kohen Gadol today. At the beginning, the day you bring your Minchas Chinuch, the first day you bring your, your Karban, when you start, you're like the Kohen Gadol. That's what we know. The Kohen Gadol brings the Minchas Chinuch every day. The Minchas Chavitin. That's the Minchas Chinuch of the Kohen Gadol every day, but that's the Karban that a Kohen brings every time he starts the Avoda. But beginnings must be pure, and that's why Moshe Rabbeinu focuses on this detail, because the beginning was not pure, and that's part of the Musr that he is given. Okay, one more thought related to the Parsha, and then we'll end with something related to, to this time, this time of year. Um, the, says the Torah, in Parak Bays now. We focus on Parak Aleph, let's get into Parak Bays. Parak Bays, Pasik Tess. Says the Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu again. We're not reviewing it again, but I cannot mention it. In Parak Bays, Pasik Bays, and Gimel, Penulachem Safona, please, if you don't remember it, please look up that Klayakar again on Penulachem Safona, one of the classic Klayakars in the entire, in his entire commentary on the Torah. But, a little bit later. Vayom Hashem Eli. Moshe says to Chai Yisrael, that Hashem said to me, Al Tatsar es Moav v'al Tiskar milchama. Do not wage war and fight Moav. V'al Tiskar milchama. Ki lo etin l'chame arto Yerusha. I'm not giving you from their land. Ki l'vnei lot nasati es ar Yerusha. I'm giving ar to the b'nei lot, to Amon and to Moav. Rashi says, v'al Tiskar bam, right, al Tatsar, don't fight v'al Tiskar and don't even start up. Right? You're not allowed on Moab. We aren't allowed to wage war. But they can appear strong and, and war, warrior-like. And that's why Moab was scared of them, as we learned back in Parshas Balak. When it comes to Amon, which is coming up in a couple of Sukkim, what does it say there? Period. Here it just says, milchama. But if you look later in Pasuk Yutes, period. Don't do anything with them. We are more muzhar from doing anything to Amon than to Moab. Shum girui. Why? Why are we allowed to do more to Moab than to Amon? Bishar tznius imam. Because the, the, the tznius of the mother. Shalom pirsama ala viha. Kamoshasta habechira. Shikarashim bena Moab. How unsnius. The older one, Moab from Mayav. Right? From my father. Right? And, and Midian, not Midian, um, yeah, B'nai Amon, that was, they were, the, she was a more of a Tsanua, and therefore she didn't say it. There are reasons, other reasons why Moab, but at least according to this Chazal, uh, the B'nai Amon were rewarded because of the Tsnius of the mother. Says the Chafetz Chaim, source number 14, 
Unbelievable. This halacha ladoros. What does it teach us? The tremendous schar that we can have for closing our mouth. The ability not to say something. Not to say something that we want to say. The whole world could exist. And your world could exist. If I'm fighting with somebody, if there's an argument and somebody says something and I really want to answer back and I control myself and I close my mouth and I count to ten and I don't say a word, that keeps the world going. What does Chazal say? Tola Eretz al-Balima. Al-Miha Ola Miskayim. Tola Eretz. The world is Tola al-Balima. Al-Misha Bolim Piv. Somebody who swallows their words. Yesh B'davar Misha Mida Kenegan Mida. It says the Chafetz Chaim. Unbelievable. It's Mida Kenegan Mida. We're about to say something. We control ourselves and don't say it. And we close our mouths. There are times up in Shamayim that there are words that are being said against us. And the word, not only against us, but against the world. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, uh, hears that the Midas Hadin forces are saying, but Yisrael deserve this Sarah and that Sarah and this person. How does the world say to that moment? By the closing of the mouth of the prosecutors that comes in this chus, of those who close their mouths in this world. Mida kenegan mida. And this is what you learn out from the Benos Lot. Right? What happened here? Amon and Moab. Differences in halacha? Because Amon, the mother, right? The daughter, the younger one, didn't say me'av. Bechazos, line 13. Kiva cheshasak. Zachalios nidon b'nini nirusha kibenosha l'avram. We understand how much schar there is and how important it is for us to make sure that we close our mouths. Obviously, the opposite way, saying something. Where else do you see the power of a person's dibur? On line 25. Uh, the, the, the halachas of Hektish and Kiddushin and Nedarim and Shvuos. There are so many halachos where we create and we affect and we create statuses based on something that we say. We say, Aram Ukdashis Li, this woman is now married. We're mocked to something. This item is now subject to Mi'ilah. Just with our words, Koach Hadibur. It's Latov and it's Lara. That's what the Chavetz Chaim says. Sometimes we need to say something and sometimes we need not to say something. And what schar we can have by keeping quiet in those times when we really feel the need to say something. Let's end off with two thoughts related to the Shabbos, Shabbos Chazon, one, a general thought about tshuva, which, you know, we need to do tshuva at this time of year, not only because we always do tshuva at times of fast days, but what's the end of Eicha? The end of Eicha. Ha-shiveinu Hashem Eilecha v'na-shuva. Ha-shiveinu Hashem Eilecha. So, Let's start with the thought of the Yam Simcha. Rabbi Freed from Lakewood. Says the Yam Simcha, at the end of his Sefer, he has thoughts on the Siddur. So there he has one thought on the bracha we say three times a day. Hashivenu avinu l'sarasecha v'karvenu malkinu avodasecha. Hashem, please bring us back to your Torah. Please bring us back to your Torah. What exactly does, does that mean? What do you bring us back? Bring us back to the Torah. Bring us the Torah. Right, Havienu, we should say. Havienu, Avinu Lasarasecha. What do you mean, Hashivenu, Avinu Lasarasecha? 
Right? And just like, just like we can ask it, the end of, the end of Eicha. Hashivenu elechamen. So there it makes sense, we're returning. So here's another returning. But what kind of returning are we doing? Suggest the Yam Simcha. Did we lose something? We Says the Yam Simcha, maybe it's based on a thought of the brother of the Grah. The brother of the Grah, in Malos HaTorah, says, yes, something was lost. Something was lost to each of us. The Gemara Nida tells us on Daflamid, the famous Gemara, that in utero every child learns Kalatarakula with the Malach. And Kivan Shiyatzalavira Olam. But Malach Vesotra, and once he comes out, the Malach gives him a little uh, knep and he forgets everything. And the famous question that all the Bali Musar and the Mefarshim ask, if we're going to forget it, why is it taught to us in the first place? The T-Rates says the Achagra de Be'emes. Naturally, human beings, tiny little ants in creation. How could we have a connection to Torah? The most infinite, sublime wisdom that there is in the entire universe and galaxies. How It's beyond us. How could we try to understand it and connect to it? You know what's the only reason why we can have any connection to the Torah? Because we have a connection to the Torah. Because the Malach implanted in us that connection. From that Roshem, that's where it comes from. It comes from the Malach. Says the Yam Simcha. That's what we daven for three times a day. Hashem, return us to your Torah. What do you return us? Yeah, because we knew it at one time. Even though we learn, no matter what we do, we're not, we're not there yet. We're not there exactly to the Havana and the level that we were in in utero. So we daven, Hashivain, please give us that Havana. Bring us back to that Havana. Avoda is something new. Karvenu malkeinu avoda secha. We should have kirvas Hashem through returning. But it's this pintalayid, this connection that every Jew has. That's what we daven for. That's the hashivenu. Rav Shachter uses this in Eretz Tzvi in Sora 16, as we mentioned in the past. Maybe that's what creates kedushas Yisrael as well. As we know, there's a mitzvah daraisa to bury every every Jew. Bury a Eino Yehudi. It's a discussion whether it's a mitzvah. It's obviously Derech Eretz and obviously Eva. But it's a discussion whether it's a mitzvah Asay Da'oraisa included in the mitzvah of Kfur or not. But why should there be a difference? Every person in the world has Selim Elokim, obviously. But why should it be like like a, a, a different standard? So explains Rav Shachter. Maybe it's based on the fact that there's a difference in halacha between Tashmishe Mitzvah. And Tashmishe Kedusha, as we know, what it requires Geniza, what has to be buried. As we know, anything connected, mezuzah, tefillin, mezuzah box, tefillin box, tefillin bag, anything connected to the ksav of Torah has, is, has inherent kedusha. But tzitzis and shofar and sukkah and lulav, those are nizrakin, meikar adin. We burn the lulav in the chametz, right? We burn it. Why? Because those are nizrakin. There's no chiv of kfur on those. Because it only has status when it's used, but not inherent eternal status. Only items connected to Torah have inherent eternal status. Explains Rav Shechter, that's what every Jew has. Based on the Gemara Nida, the Pintalayid, the, the connection to Torah that is implanted in every Jew, that's 
That makes every Jew a Tashmish to Kedusha and not a Tashmish de Mitzvah. And that's Hashivayim Avinu Sarasecha. At the end of Eicha, we say on a national level, Hashem return us. Return us to the base of English through the Torah. So, so too, return us personally to our Torah that we yearn for so much. And just to end off with the thoughts of the Haftorah. If you look in the end of the Haftorah, the end of Shabbos Chazon Haftorah, which starts off Yeshayahu and Perak Aleph, all the way at the end, what's the last Pasuk? Tzion b'mishpati padeh v'shaveha b'tztaka. Tzion, Yerushalayim, will be redeemed in judgment. B'mishpat v'shaveha b'tztaka. And it will be returned in staka in righteous, in staka. How do you translate staka? Charity, righteousness, says Rav Mordechai Eliyahu. There are two ways to fulfill the mitzvah of staka. There's the surface understanding and the deeper understanding. Ha'achas, the surface understanding is like giving money. That's pashtus of staka, which we all have a chiv to do. But then there's the deeper level of staka, and that is also giving to another person, teaching somebody else Torah. When we learn and we teach, that's when Klal Yisrael will be redeemed. Right? Fascinating. The, the, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. How is it formulated? He doesn't say this. We're adding this in. How's it formulated in the Torah? Does the Torah say that you need to learn? What does it say? In Sefer Yehoshua, it says, That's in Yehoshua. What does the Torah say about the Mitzvah of Talmud Torah? How is it formulated? In the language of teaching. It's all about teaching. Because learning and teaching must go together. A person can never learn for themselves. It must be to learn, to influence themselves, but also to influence others. That's the second type of tzaka. And that also everyone is a chiv to do. And that's why the end of Navi, the last Treasar, Malachi says, Zichru Toras Moshe Avdi. And right after that, Hine Anochi, the last Pasik, Hine Anochi Shalech Lechemes Eliyah Navi, right, the Torah for Shabbos Agado, Lilam Deinu, there's a connection to, remember Toras Moshe Avdi, Moshe was the greatest, what's Moshe? Moshe Rabbeinu, he was the greatest Rebbe of all time. Zichru Toras Moshe Avdi. And once you do that, because Stakha, Vishavah Bistakha is going to come through mutual supporting them physically, through Stakha, through Stakha of Nisinas Mamon, and Stakha of Nisinas Torah. We shall be Zoha to learn, to teach, and that should lead us to the Geula Shlema with the Achtos of Klal Yisrael in Yerushalayim.